Hello, good morning. Andre here. Welcome to another episode of The Daily. I trust that this episode finds you well. This is episode 82 of The Daily and you've tracked along with us for the last 81 episodes. Kudos to you, you deserve a medal or a certificate or something. Thanks so much for tracking along with us. We hope that this podcast and uh, this time that we've been spending together diving into God's Word and talking about the challenges that we face living in our day as well as devoting our day to God in a time of prayer. Uh, And so I hope that these 15 or so minutes I've been spending together every weekday morning has been beneficial, has been helpful, has been in some way, I hope, transformative uh, to your life. And so all that to say, episode number 82, let's begin a podcast. Well, if you're part of our church, you would know that uh, right from the get-go when we weren't uh, allowed uh, to meet as a church when we suspended our services. Uh, one of our immediate uh, impulses as a leadership team uh, in a bit to um, ensure that our church was tracking along together as well as ensuring that everyone in our community uh, weren't just going to survive uh, the isolation but actually thrive and flourish uh, in this uh, crucible moment uh, was to institute and implement what uh, we've called a rule of life. Now, these are 10 uh, spiritual practices and rhythms that we believe would really, really uh, be beneficial in this time for us to adopt. It speaks into uh, not just our spiritual kind of um, life, but also uh, addresses uh, certain relational kind of rhythms that we should be committed to following through on uh, in this time. And now notice the language, it is not rules for life, it is a rule of life. And the word rule comes from the Latin word regula, which we kind of view as a trellis of sorts, you know, where uh, the grapevines climb the chalice uh, in order to produce the maximum amount of fruit. Uh, they rely and they cling onto that kind of structure. And that's how we view uh, this rule of life. It is a structure that we willingly adopt in order to bear maximum fruit, in order to thrive in this time. And now one of the spiritual rhythms that we've encouraged uh, everyone in the community to adopt is the practice of fasting. Now, this is Tuesday, and this is the day that we have uh, typically called for our entire church to practice fasting, to abstain from a meal, a couple of meals, or meals for the entire day uh, as our way of not just bending our hearts, but bending our bodies in response to God uh, in sincere repentance as well as intercession for our lives but also for uh, the sake of the world. And now when you think of fasting, you may think of uh, other alternative kind of fast like social media fast or fasting from specific foods, uh, be it uh, abstaining from meat and just eating veggies. But if you look at it biblically, biblical fasting is really uh, defined as a willing abstinence from food all food for a spiritual purpose. It's not refraining from things. Fasting is precisely about our relationship with food. And it's also not a restricted diet. Fasting, as it is described in scripture, is the absolute abstinence of food. Fasting has always been a core aspect of the way of Jesus. Followers of Jesus all throughout history practice fasting 
in various degrees, right? If you look at the history of fasting, you would know that in the first century, in Jesus's world, most Jews and all Pharisees would fast a minimum of twice a week, every Monday and every Thursday. Fasting was one of the core practices of that day and age, right? Jesus, even in his conversations with his disciples, would say, when you fast, it's not so much if you fast, but when you fast. It was almost assumed that everyone in a day who was a devout follower of Yahweh would fast. Now, the early church continued in this tradition of bi-weekly fasting, but changed it from Monday to Thursday to Wednesday and Friday. And this tradition of fasting bi-weekly followed through all the way until uh, recent times. John Wesley, in one of his uh, rebukes of the church, said this about the Methodist church. He said, I fear that there are now thousands of Methodists so-called, both in England and in Ireland, who, following the same bad example, have entirely left off fasting, who are so far from fasting twice a week, they don't even fast twice a month. And Wesley says this, that a man who never fasts is no more in the way to heaven than a man who never prays super duper strong words and i'm not saying that i agree with wesley completely but the point i'd like to uh, for you to note is this that up to quite recently in church history fasting was viewed and thought of as a core practice to following jesus now when we talk about fasting these days typically we think of it as a kind of campaign right hey you do 40 days of fasting before national day or uh, if we have a great need in the community then we fast. But we rarely think of fasting as a kind of rhythm that we put and incorporate into our lifestyle. And the way we practice fasting today would be utterly foreign and inconceivable for followers of Jesus, uh, especially in the first century. In that day, fasting rather than being some peripheral note, an optional practice, was actually quite central. It was close to the core of what devotion looked like for the people of God. It was central for Jesus, his disciples, the early church, up to maybe about 100 years ago. And so if you were at all serious in following Jesus, you would fast, not on occasion, you would fast regularly. Now saying this in our day and age just seems off and weird. It seems almost cultish. Or you might not think too much about it. Maybe you already fast, like you practice uh, intermittent fasting. You fast every day. And so the idea of abstaining from food uh, isn't really that far out for you. It's, it's okay. And most of the time you just view your intermittent fasting as a kind of spiritual fasting. And I'd like to address a couple of points of fasting uh, today, even as some of you, I believe, uh, some of you are still uh, on track with that spiritual rhythm, with that practice of fasting weekly, kudos to you for tracking. I'd like to make a case for fasting this morning, and uh, if maybe you've not planned to fast today, and I hope that you will perhaps consider abstaining from a meal today for a spiritual purpose. Now, there are many great reasons to fast, and I can't uh, possibly exhaust all of them uh, in a podcast like this. Uh, one of the reasons that we should fast is uh, fasting is a great way for us to repent sincerely. Uh, many have uh, called fasting praying with your body. It is uh, not just uh, praying with your words or with your mind or with your heart, but actually bending your body and afflicting yourself for a short time 
in a posture of repentance. And fasting is also a great way for us to intensify prayer. It's praying with our bodies, right? There's something, there's a kind of intensity that occurs when we combine fasting and praying. And it gets us almost above the fray of normal prayer. And there's something that just occurs in the spirit when we combine fasting and prayer and breakthroughs happen. We think of Jesus casting out uh, demons from the demonized child and he says this to his disciples that this only comes out by prayer and fasting. Now, a third reason why we should fast and practice fasting as a regular rhythm, it is that fasting actually helps us uh, grow in compassion and is a great way for us to stand in solidarity with the poor, with those who suffer, with those who are experiencing injustice in our world. In Isaiah chapter 58, we read of the prophet Isaiah uh, exhorting us, exhorting believers around this practice of fasting. Now, Isaiah 58 was written at the time of Isaiah's ministry where the community of God was known for a kind of personal self-centered faith that often neglected the needs of others. And Isaiah confronts this community of faith about fasting to remind Israel of their identity and vocation. In some ways, Isaiah redefined fasting with his words where he says this in 58. Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? What Isaiah presents is another dimension of fasting as a spiritual practice. It is fasting as standing in solidarity with the poor, where previously we viewed as fasting as something that brings benefit only to oneself. Fasting is actually a great way for us to grow in compassion and solidarity with the poor, but it's also to contend for God's justice, for vindication, for breakthrough to all who are oppressed. When we choose this fast, we choose to allow our bodies to feel hunger. And this hunger becomes an act of solidarity with those who are hungry by no choice of their own. We align our bodies to connect with those who suffer. We choose to unite our hearts to those who experience injustice of all kinds, poverty, slavery, hunger, homelessness, oppression. Caesarius in the 6th century said this, Let us fast in such a way that we lavish our lunches upon the poor, so that we may not store up in our purses what we intended to eat, but rather in the stomachs of the poor. Scott McKnight, New Testament scholar, says this, What we give up in food when we fast can be converted to gifts to the poor. What we give up in time not spent eating can be converted into time spent relieving injustice. And so when we fast, we don't just participate in the holy divine diet. No, we actually fast as a means to sincerely repent for the sins we've perhaps committed, to intensify our prayer lives, but also for us to stand in solidarity with the poor and to address injustices, be it through our time or our resource. And so perhaps even as you fast today, calculate what you would typically spend on yourself and give that money to someone in need that you encounter during the day. Or even consider how you might use that time that is now freed up to alleviate need or even to spend time in, in intercession for those who suffer. Now I've been confronted with a thought really recently. I heard it's from a pastor. 
And he asked this question, if God were to answer every single one of your prayers today, would the entire world be changed for the better? Or would only your world be changed for the better? And it was addressing this point that much of our prayers, much of our spirituality revolves around self. When we think of our prayer times, when we think of spiritual practices, we think of it predominantly for the benefit of oneself. How much fasting do I have to do in order to be transformed in the way of Jesus? How much prayers do I have to shoot up in order to see breakthrough in my life? And while all of this is valid, God wants to form and do a deep work in you as a person. Let us also be reminded that we are to follow in the way of Jesus, to grow to be people of compassion, to not just live self-centered, self-indulgent lives, but to keep the needs and the sufferings of other people always before us. And so even in spiritual practices, even in this rule of life that we've been talking about, it is a means for us to grow in compassion, in a love for people. I love Dallas Willard's uh, definition of spiritual transformation. He says this, that spiritual transformation is the process by which Christ is formed in us for the glory of God, for the abundance of our own lives, and for the sake of others. I love that, right? That God desires to transform us so that we may testify of His glory, but it's also for us to experience the abundant life that Jesus talks about. But it doesn't stop there. It moves on into service to others. And so as we consider the spiritual practice of fasting, let us not think of it predominantly as something that is for our own sake, for our own benefit, but let's also see this as an opportunity for us to serve the poor, to serve the needy, and it's also for us to grow in compassion, even in our times of prayer and intercession. Let us go beyond prayers for self, but also to earnestly pray and desire breakthrough for those who are in need. If God were to answer all of your prayers today, would it be only your world that's changed or would our entire world be changed for the better? So let that question sit with you this day, even as we close off the podcast. Let me encourage you with a final passage of scripture from Isaiah chapter 58, verse 10. It says this, If you extend your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the day. Verse 11, The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And now this is such a phenomenal promise, right? That even as we fast, even as we keep in our hearts and our minds those who suffer and make efforts to alleviate some of these sufferings in our own time with our own resources there is a promise in scripture that when we extend our soul to the hungry god will satisfy us he will guide us even in the drought he will strengthen our bones he will uh, cause a spring of water to rise within us and that water will not fail that is the promise of scripture that is even captured by the words of Jesus in Matthew 6, that when we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he will add all things unto us. And so this day, let us fast. Let us engage in spiritual practices. Let us consider the poor, knowing that we do so not 
out of a place of lack or scarcity, but from the abundance of God's love and grace that He extends to us freely. So this morning, as we always do in our podcast, let's spend some time waiting on God in a posture of prayerful consideration. Wherever you're at today, I want you to do best ability, tune your hearts, your minds, your soul to the Spirit and to sense what the Spirit is saying and doing and leading and guiding you in this time. However best you can, I will ask for you to eliminate all distractions and noise around you and as best as you can, get yourself into a quiet posture and environment. And in this time, even as we've heard all that scripture has to say about the poor and the believer's role in loving and caring for the poor, let us consider how our lives can be reoriented unto that end. Maybe you have been really self-centered of late, even with regards to spiritual practices, with this thing of fasting, you think, how long more should I fast? I'm not getting so much out of it. It's not really benefiting me per se. But how about, you know, in this day, you ask for the spirit to reorient your hearts, to think of spiritual practices differently. That maybe this practice isn't so much about you, about changing you, but it's about you freeing up your time, your resource to contend for another. Ask for the spirit to do a deep work within you this day. And so with all that in mind, in a time of quiet, let us seek the spirit, his guidance, his leading. Let's spend a few moments doing so. Awesome. Let me pray for you as we begin our day. Father, we thank you for how you lead and guide us by your Spirit. And God, we thank you for these spiritual practices that enable us to live lives that glorify your name, that transform us into your image, but also forms compassion in our hearts for the sake of others. So God, we ask in this week, in this day, lead us, guide us in your way so that we may better love others and fight against every manner of self-centeredness and self-indulgence. Help us be the people of God for the sake of others. We love you. You ask all these things in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode of The Daily. I hope that this time has been encouraging to you. Have a great day at work, at school, whatever have you. Hey, grace and peace. Thanks so much for tuning in to The Daily Podcast. We'll have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing and you want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.